0: But well, if I could walk Is there any better feeling than waking up on a Friday morning or staring at the weekend and there's a new episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast ready for you to download and listen to? So welcome to episode... 203 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Here's what we're going to do in this podcast. I want to go over just a few pinball news items, but then I want to read some of the feedback I've been getting from people out there who listen to the show. Um, I haven't done this in a while, so I want to go down. I'm just going to actually open up emails and read what people have said, because some of what I've been uh, podcasting of late has led you guys to react. And not everybody agrees with me, which is good. I, I don't want everyone to think that everything I say is always spot on. I do make mistakes, and I own up to those mistakes when I do make them, um, and I change my mind sometimes in the world of pinball. Alright. First, I want to say I'm actually excited because the guys over at Slam Tilt Podcast actually talked about this podcast, Winning the Twippy. Uh, they still didn't explain why they left that category out when they went down the list of, of shows. They also said that they stopped listening to this show uh, because they thought I was a little crazy. <laughs> well, look, i'm I'm glad they do what they do. I support all pinball podcasts, but it it was nice that we finally got a little bit of recognition and even if not all recognition. but i I do appreciate that they said thank you for the win. All right. So on my last podcast, I, I, I've been opening up the thread and and I saw there was even more discussion around deep root pinball. and and here's the deal. Here's the deal. We have eighteen months to go before the delivery date of Deep Roots machines. And the debate really now falls along this path. You either say to yourself, why is anybody angry? They haven't taken anyone's money. Let's see how things pan out, okay? The other side of the debate is, are you kidding me? We shouldn't let these guys be in the pinball community because they're partnering with J-Pop who has destroyed and hurt a lot of the goodwill in the hobby, okay? Now, my overall opinion about the whole thing is this. Look, as I said on my last podcast, getting something is better than nothing. I think everyone who lost money, they were never going to see a Raza or an Alice in Wonderland ever. So these guys doing this to try and get those games out, I don't applaud it, but I also think it's the best chance you got. Uh, I also think that nothing anyone does will negatively impact or shut down this company's attempts to make this stuff happen you know so it's it's funny how sometimes we like to think that if we are are screaming on a forum that somehow that's going to hurt a company's business abilities it's not like highway pinball right so highway pinball needs money they need money badly deep root pinball they seem to be health healthily self-financed by Robert Mueller and you know I don't think anyone can look at what's going on there, though, and say, because he's got Dennis Nordman, you know, O and John Norris, that's a sign that things must be great over there. As Crazy Levy said, or someone said, look at Dennis Nordman and Highway Pinball, what happened once he left that place or once he joined Highway Pinball. All of these dudes need paychecks. They need paychecks. They don't make much money. I think people fail to realize that pinball designers are not making six figure plus salaries. Um, Maybe a couple do and their names are like Pat Lawler. But for the most part, for the most part, Dennis Norman, Barrio, John Norris, when it comes to pinball, they need paychecks. They're not collecting like royalties on old machines that they made. They need money. Uh, So look, we are all now in a wait-and-see pattern. We'll wait and see what happens. Uh, I don't know when we'll hear from them again. We might see them at TPF. Again, I invite Robert and anyone over there to come on the show and talk about all, you know, how they're going to actually make this happen. Because to me, the main question I have is how are they going to make multiple games within an 18-month period? Games that have not yet been coded, games that need a lot of mechanical help and games that also have legal issues associated with them. But it's not just the J-Pop games. Remember, they've got three other designers that are working on games as well. So lots of excitement, lots more skepticism, and many more questions about Deep Root Pinball. All right, I don't know if you guys saw, but there's actually Skit Pinball. Their website is live again, which must mean that things might have taken a turn for the better. So I actually encourage all you guys to go to skitbpinball.com and just see this is probably the final result of this whole fiasco and I think it's I think it's a fitting end to Skip Pinball. what's on their website right now all right I, I've been reading the attack from Mars remake thread uh, and you know it seems like most people are enjoying their attack from Mars remakes There are some people that are having some quality issues with their games. I've been reading about the plastics. Some people are having problems with them cracking. Some people's, the bolts on the side of the cabinet have been coming loose, which has caused the play field to drop into the game, which is never good. Uh, But for the most part, for the most part, the people are kind of asking themselves, what will the long-term reliability be of people who go in on these new remakes, right? Will the remakes hold up as well as the older versions of the games? Impossible, impossible for anyone to predict yes or no. We know that the old games have been around for 20 plus years, so we have that. But look, over at Chicago Gaming, uh, Doug over there, they've been very, very good on handling all Uh, customer complaints and quality issues and they have been very quick to respond with fixes and to get people what they need okay and that's that's a good sign you know I think the other side of the coin whenever we think about supporting these new boutique companies it's not just will I get my game is will I have support going into the future and if you don't it's 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 like not even worth owning a machine that you're nervous about long-term support because then you don't wanna play it because if something breaks there's no one there to help, and there's nothing worse than having a machine in your home that is not functioning. It is the most frustrating thing. All right, speaking of sending people parts and responding to people on time and, and, and being um, a good customer service, uh, a good communicating company, we have to talk about what happened at Highway Pinball, and one of their customers over there has been waiting for a really long time for his alien parts to come in. Now this gentleman his name's T Diddy I believe on Pinside. He he bought one of the original Highway Pinball Alien machines from Andrew Highway before uh, he stepped down from the company and he's been waiting for the fix. Okay? So there's there's things like the scoop, there's things like the computer uh, the, the computer PCB, uh, there's things like the cables, the alien head wasn't working, so all these things he needed to make his game function properly. So what happens? What happens? This guy gets a box in the mail with uh, supposedly all the parts he needs, okay? And it's it's an interesting photo. It's it is all these cables, there's computer components, there's an alien head. It's all just thrown into a box, okay? Now, you would think that over at Highway Pinball, the everything, every single uh, sort of shipment that goes out to customers would be would be triple checked. You would think that they would really ensure that when this arrives, are we are we confident that this buyer has everything he needs to install the parts? that he uh, will not say anything negative about our company because we know right now we're in this sensitive area where every, every word of mouth, every feedback we get is gonna either instill confidence in us moving forward or make more people run for the hills. And so what happens, the box comes in and they didn't package the alien head properly, so it broke, it broke. He waited months and the thing breaks when it arrives. And then in addition, he's got this box of parts and there's no instructions on what to do with anything. And look, it's not as easy as like, here's the new scoop here, you know, replace it with the old scoop. He's got all these cables and computer parts and he doesn't know what goes where. And I think that is just crazy town that nobody at Highway Pinball thought, hey, maybe we need to give instructions on how to install all this stuff. And maybe someone should sit with an old machine and itemize out, here's the here's the steps you need to take to go from this to this. Nope, they didn't do that. And and again, it it's 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 really unfortunate because I think these guys need to be more careful on everything they do. Every move they make is is going to be under a microscope and we all know why. All right? Well, there's nothing really new going on in the Stern world world and and, and, and elsewhere. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to talk about rumors I'm hearing that are very, very sort of... They're coming from very credible sources, and you can take it or leave it. We're going to call this Canada's Rumor Zone, brought to you by Nifty LEDs. You know, I'm going to start just making up pinball companies that sponsor segments of this show... Because I never do get any sponsors. So I'm just gonna do it like I'm just gonna randomly pick different pinball companies. So, um, rumor number one I am hearing that uh, there has been a divide or a, a parting of people over at Spooky Pinball between Charlie and family and someone else who has been part of the spooky movement since day one, who you all know very well. I'm heard they are going separate ways. So that is interesting, and in terms of why that's happening and and what caused that, um, I'm curious to learn more about it, but that is what I'm hearing. Uh, Another rumor, I'm hearing that we might actually see two Stern titles arrive at the same time, that it it, it might not just be one new game we might see. We might see two, Uh, and if you were to think about which two games could those be, I mean, the two that I'm seeing... He talked about the most are Iron Maiden and Deadpool. So we know that that's happening. Uh, I also know that there is an image of Deadpool that's going around. And I know this because people have hit me up and asked me if I want to see it. And they share, you know, people are sharing it. It's 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 kind of like one of those Ghostbusters Translate LE images. Uh, it wasn't just the LE. It was the Ghostbusters Translate. But anyway, that inner circle of people are sharing the the Deadpool image. Now, I'm always shocked that nobody takes an image like that and just throws it up onto, you know, like maybe throw it up onto Rex Games Pinball with an anonymous Gmail account and just let people see it. See, I always think it's annoying that there is that, like, all these little people sharing everything. Now, look, I'm not sharing anything. If you share something with me that is is sensitive, that people can't see, I'm not sharing it. I'm not sharing it, okay? Um, but I'm just saying, I, I hear it's floating around, uh, so, which means Deadpool is pretty much confirmed, which we all know. I mean, no, there's no Stern coming out that we don't all know. We know that Deadpool, Iron Maiden, Munsters, and Beatles are going to be the four titles we see from Stern Pinball, with the possibility maybe of, a, of another vault edition, but I doubt it. Elvira is way, way, way in the past. And now Elvira is a big question mark because of Dennis Norman going the Deep route. All right. The rumor that Lyman Sheets is retiring—I started that rumor. I heard it from people. I got no one else to say otherwise. Uh, We want to congratulate. This is not part of the rumors. This is actually the truth. I want to congratulate Tim Sexton on becoming a new employee over at Stern and a code engineer. I think that is awesome. Tim Ball's congratulations. We—I'm always very happy to see someone who loves pinball so much to actually make a career out of it i I think that's incredible all of us wish we could work on the thing that we would what we would do for free and i think that's incredible so tim i look forward to seeing what you do over at pinball sorry at stern um i hope this means you uh, can still go on podcasts and talk about what's going on behind the closed doors at stern all right what else is going on in terms of the rumor mill you guys all know like the rumored titles for Jersey Jack. It's nothing new. Uh, I, I I do think the rumor of Toy Story being after Pirates of the Caribbean has to be a little bit of a thorn in the side of Jersey Jack because uh, again, it's like I think people are always like it's almost like they're always waiting for the next Jersey Jack game. And I, I think Pirates is is sounds like it's turning out to be a really phenomenal game. I can't wait to play more of it. Uh, but I think Jack has enough space between titles where it doesn't really matter. You know, because I, I do think if you go in on Pirates, you're not going to see Toy Story ship for like at least maybe 18 months. maybe You know, and then in that case, you know, that's play, buy a game, play a game for a year and a half, enjoy the hell out of it. And if it's a keeper, it's a keeper. If it's not, you could probably sell it and then you can go get Toy Story. I mean, we're getting to the point now where all pinball machine purchases are like car purchases. You're going to lose like. 10 to 20 percent of what you went in on the game with and and but you could enjoy a pinball machine for you know a year how many plays is that worth you got to factor that in if you have to go on location and pay money every time you play it you got to play it for free Uh, but nothing is truly free you're going to lose some value on the game itself but that's fine. I think people need to approach it with that uh, that understanding, and and you'll 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 go in on games the right way. You won't be like the guy who buys a, a Guardians of the Galaxy with thirty two plays and sells it for like a. Ten a thousand dollar loss in, in in a one week of ownership. Real smart move, real smart move. Um, you know, especially as the stock market is now seems to be crashing around us, uh, will that hurt pinball sales? I don't know. I don't know. Probably a little bit, right? I don't know. My my, my money goes to my financial advisor. I don't check in on my finances every week. It, I'm in it for the long term. I'm I'm not a young. I'm I'm, I'm young. I, I I don't need to look at it every week. Um. All right. What else is going on in the rumor mill? Um, do, do, do. Let's see, I, I'm not hearing any other rumors from American Pinball. I'm not hearing any rumors from Dutch Pinball. I'm not hearing any other rumors from Chicago Gaming. So those are like the big ones. Those are the big ones. So take it for what it's worth. Uh, I'm not confirming or denying any of those rumors. They are just what they are. All right, now let's get to your feedback. You have decided that something I said or this show in general, has made you want to respond to me, and I appreciate that. Again, I implore all of you out there to email me at canadapinball.com with your thoughts on the show, with any questions you may have, because then you get... To have your statements read on air, and I don't even read them beforehand. I'm going to go down a list from the top to the bottom, from most frequent to some things from a maybe like a week ago, and I'm going to read your feedback on air right now. So let's dive in. I'm opening up the mailbox. CanadaPinball at gmail.com. All right, my first email is from Gabriel Denunzio. Uh, we all know Gabe. He runs. Uh, Pintastic up there in the New England area. He says, hey, man, you say no one ever asks you for marketing help. Well, I am asking you for the third time. I want to make you head of Pintastic sponsorship marketing. Join the team, man. Well, Gabe, thank you. Thank, I know, Gabe, look, Gabe and I have talked for, for like it feels like a couple years now, about uh, getting people to help sponsor Pintastic up in New England. And here's the thing about the marketing that I do. I don't do sponsorships. By that, I mean, I can't go to my brands that I work with and get them to sponsor events. It's not what I do. And I'll explain the difference between what I do and, and people who work on the sponsoring side of marketing. A sponsor, somebody who focuses on sponsorships, they have money right they and they they have money to align the brand with different moments in time events whatnot they then go with the budget they have and they pay to become a sponsor of that event okay so like bud light will pay millions of dollars to be a sponsor of the nfl i do earned media okay so earned media means i have to do stuff that earns press coverage i don't have a budget to to then go buy media like I don't pay for banner ads, I don't pay for ads in newspapers. I have to do something like give free Bud Light in Philadelphia to everyone in Philly is what we did yesterday and it went amazingly well, but we didn't we didn't like pay to sponsor that parade, we were just in it organically. Now look, Gabe, I will happily talk to you about maybe some ideas we can do to create some fun moments in time, but my recommendation for all pinball shows. From an earned standpoint is I would go to as many of the local media as you can, and I would try to get them to write stories about pinball's resurgence and the popularity of it. I would also try to do the local morning shows because that's like really the key for local market events. Uh, Bring some pinball machines, get it on TV, let people know that they can come down with the family and and play pinball. It's an amazing day. You know, that's like, that's like what I would do from a block and tackle standpoint. But Gabe, we'll talk, we'll talk because I don't want to leave you hanging. All right. I got an email from John Gardner. John, thank you for listening to Canada's Pinball Podcast. John writes, "Thank you for your podcast. I always look forward to them. They're often pretty contentious, but they're the ones I like best." You said you're on your last podcast. Um, it would upset us all and get you a flood of complaints. Well, here's a complaint you weren't expecting. Please stop persisting this myth that the 90s machines are better than anything made since. It's a self-perpetuating wisdom. Everybody knows it's true, so everybody says it's so. Everybody knows it's true. But really, is that why you spent thousands of dollars on your Batman Super Duper LE? You bought it because it's a second-rate machine, and there are far better, more fun pins you could have got a whole lot cheaper? He's asking a question there. Do you really? Did you really make that decision? I'd take The Walking Dead before any of those 90s machines. It's just so much more exciting to play. Some 90s pinballs are great, no doubt about it, but to say they're better than anything made today is simply wrong, and it denigrates the efforts of every modern pinball manufacturer. John Gardner. Well, John, thank you. I, I think you said something that... Has made me think a lot in the last one second. No, I actually, I actually read this one uh, last night. But John, I understand what you're saying, and I do understand what you're saying. And I, you know, I was thinking about it, and here's sort of what I think is going on. I think from a code standpoint, right? From 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 a games from being able to play a game with depth, there is nothing. There is nothing from the 90s that even comes within a country mile of what modern pinball gives you in terms of rule sets, and in, cer- in terms of modes, in terms of longevity. So I agree. I agree with you that like The Walking Dead, like Horde mode, like Batman, the game I'm looking at right now, what's going on in this game? There is there is nothing from a code standpoint that even comes close from anything like Twilight Zone, Medieval Madness, any of that stuff. Like Attack from Mars, maybe it's got really good code. Um, but we all agree that Pinball machines in the 90s were designed to go into arcades and to pretty much immediately excite people. They weren't designed to be in homes and have people play them for months and and explore them for long periods of time. But I'll say this. When it comes to mechanical engineering of pinball, when it comes to shots, when it comes to magic of things happening in a game, I don't think anything in the modern pinball world even comes close to the level of engineering and the level of satisfaction from the shots themselves that the 90s games provided, okay? And so that's always been my issue is it's a trade-off. It's always been a trade-off. Now here's the thing that always angers me about modern pinball. Why is it that those games from the 90s for like two to $3,000 brand new came with so much more mechanical engineering innovation and magic than games that come out now that cost three times as much money and that's what I can't stand about the the promise of modern pinball in being like the best version of pinball because yeah I get it you've used better lights and sounds and code but you also got really freaking cheap on your mechanical engineering of pinball so it just seems like if I put my Batman next to a Tales of the Arabian Nights and you ask someone like which one's got more engineering wow it, it totally is Tales of the Arabian Nights which is 20 years prior so i just i just think that modern pinball has created an interesting dilemma and compromise for people like and the one company that i think has tried to do both which is innovate both from a code standpoint and and you know lcd standpoint but also the mechanics uh, was Jersey Jack Pinball I would even throw Dutch in. But here's the problem is Jersey Jack has not successfully yet sort of made that game that also had the wow. Now, I think Dialed In is probably as close as it gets. If you were to ask me, like, which one game gives you everything, I think Dialed In is probably the one that looks like it came from the 90s with all the mechanical wow, but also has all the modern features. And that's that's why I think Dialed In unanimously got the most votes at the Twippies because I think people finally said, we can do it. We can do it. Um, the walking dead. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, I think from a code standpoint, but there's a lot of things in the walking dead to me that still feel sort of cheap and like they cut corners and, 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 you know, isn't, isn't the full package, but I I get why people love it from a pinball experience. But, but again, John, thank you so much for the email. I, I think, um, I think what you said warrants a very healthy discussion. Uh, I got a very long email. I'm going to paraphrase this email from Tim Wendt. And Tim I Tim writes me often. And Tim, thank you again for listening to the show and, and challenging something I said on the show. I want to read what Tim wrote. He said, "Canada, what the F was the last podcast? I love the show. I was so freaking happy that you won best podcast. I love that you speak your mind. But WTF with that last episode. But it took every ounce of my patience to suffer through it. Hopefully you'll not take offense at my little rant back at you. I'm sure you want your listeners to be truthful with you as you try to be with us. So he goes on to say, you sound it like an arrogant ass. Where is the humble positive host? I've been called arrogant before and it doesn't suit me so it's better to be humble. And he said it was the Oberfest rant that was really hard to stomach with all of yourself aggrandizement. A I, 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 I don't use that word, but it's a big word. I, I don't think I said it even right. He said, one of the reasons I love Canada is your marketing sense and knowledge. I know a little about marketing as intentional, as, as international marketing and brand valuation was the focus of my master's degree. I very much agree with your take on many things, but occasionally I scratch my head. He then goes on to say, for example, you slam on titles like Queen, Animal House, and Oktoberfest without gaining any market knowledge or understanding of the demographics associated with these themes. You tout themes like Big Trouble in Little China, WTF. I love that film, but it made $11 at the box office. Do a little research on Queen. There are very few brands that cross-cut as many demographics as Queen. Animal House is considered to be one of the greatest comedy films of all time. All right. I love this part where he says, I certainly wouldn't have thought to pick Oktoberfest as a theme, but it draws 6 million people to a party every year. When was the last time a band drew 6 million people to a concert? There are Oktoberfests all across the world. Tapper, give me a break. How many people know about that obscure arcade game? Sorry, but that that segment of the podcast was silly and self-absorbed. All right, look, Canada. I love your show and I hope that you take at least an open mind to my advice. All right, first of all, Tim, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I wish I got more emails like this that told me, Canada, you're an idiot. What did you say that for? Think twice. Um, but here's my response to Tim. First, and I wrote back to Tim and I said this, I'll, I'm gonna tell you what I told Tim. First and foremost, I don't question Queen's popularity, I do not. I don't question whether or not there will be buyers of a Queen pinball machine. I think Queen is a humongous band. Queen has influenced more musicians than almost anybody. I love their music. Do I think a Queen pinball machine would sell? Yes. Do I think Queen is a is a good pinball music act to make a machine on? Sure. Um, what I do question with all the music pins, it's just like, what's the storyline of Queen? I get it. They'll, They'll make something up. Now look, Highway Pinball is making Queen. So that to me is the only thing I'd be worried about if I was a Queen fan, that if they don't get it right, will the people who handle the Queen license, will they ever be excited about making another music pinball machine around their franchise? I don't know. So let's just put Queen to the side, because I think If I said Queen wouldn't sell or I'm not interested in Queen, then yeah, I was an idiot and I'm wrong. Okay. Now, when I said Animal House was a stupid theme to create, I didn't mean the the John Belushi Animal House that we all know and love. That is not what I'm talking about. The Animal House that... Uh, Andrew Highway was making was not that animal house. It was like Circe's or Circe's, Cirque's, whatever, animal house. Go Google Highway Pinball Animal House. That is the animal house I was shitting on. So let's remove that from this argument. Let's talk about Oktoberfest versus Big Trouble in Little China. Now, Tim, if you think Oktoberfest pinball would sell more then big trouble in little and Ch- big trouble in little china i am willing to bet my entire annual salary on the fact that i think big trouble in little china would run circles around oktoberfest in terms of which machine would you buy in fact will somebody please will one of my listeners out there who is on pinside do me a favor will you go to pinside and start a simple poll Don't say my name because then the moderators will take the poll down. Start a poll because, Tim, you're all about market research. Let's go right to the market. Start a poll and ask, which pinball machine would you rather own, Oktoberfest or Big Trouble in Little China? And just let people vote. Let's do that. Let's not argue it out. But here's the thing I told Tim why I think Oktoberfest is the dumbest theme for pinball because... Saying that six million people visit Oktoberfest every year and that's why there's popularity and that's why it would make a good pinball theme and that's why it's a better theme than Tapper, I'll tell you why that doesn't. That logic doesn't work. Just because people visit something doesn't make it a pinball theme people want. A hundred million people probably travel to New York City every year. Does that mean a pinball machine about New York City? is a good pinball theme you see it doesn't matter it's just think about it like this pinball machines they should tell a story pinball machines work best with, in themes that create like I don't know a lot of energy a lot of enthusiasm a lot of this a lot of that I, I just think Oktoberfest I get it drinking and music and dancing like it it, it is what it is but it's an event to drink beer it's not, I don't understand why that makes a good pinball theme. Again, I'm not going to argue why I think it's terrible. I will go on the record by saying if American Pinball makes Oktoberfest, I think the company could possibly go out of business. That's just my opinion. If you disagree, here's the thing. If you think I'm wrong and they make Oktoberfest, Tim, would you buy it? I would love to see people actually go buy that title. I think they would struggle to sell a couple hundred Oktoberfest, all right? How, how well did Pabst Blue Ribbon sell? All right, or, or the can crusher game that they made. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, there's so many better themes out there. All right, let's go to our next, our next email in this Canada's Friday, email rant. All right, I got an email um, from Donzi. He said, no need to read on air. And then he said, LOL. But he said, Chris, hey, just want to say thank you. Um, I, all good stuff. Said he's in his forties, lives in New Jersey, he's been in the hobby for twenty-five years. And he loved episode two oh two where I went off. And he said he's into cars, he's a big GNR fan, and he's got a nice lineup. Um, and he said, Philly Philly, thanks again. Well, thank you. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. I I I I really love that so many of you out there are into the same things I'm into. Because I I think it goes beyond pinball. I think a lot of us are into cars, we're into pinball, we're into rock and roll music, we're into movies. We're geeks, we're freaking nerds. You have to be an ultra nerd and an ultra geek to, to listen to a pinball podcast. The fact that you're spending your free time to listen to a show like this, you're a geek, you're a nerd, and and look, we might have differences, but I love you because you're a geek and a nerd. The The world is dominated by geeks and nerds. I don't understand people that are not geeks that don't geek out over stuff. I mean, how boring would it be to wake up and not geek out over stuff? Right. And that's always the advice I give a lot of my female friends in the world when they're like, you know, they, they get bored. I am like, become a geek about something. You can't spend your whole life just trying to like find a husband and have a family. Like what makes families awesome is like when there's a lot of stuff for kids to get excited about and kids can't get excited about stuff if their parents aren't geeks and nerds. All right. Let me go down the list of the next email I got. See, you guys are going to start writing in. I can feel it. Um, I got an email from Brad Wallace. Brad, thank you for listening to the show. He said, bro, thanks for putting out your podcast. His title here was Relax. He said, I have to say though, why the fuck do you get so worked up about these piece of shit pinball companies that can't ship a fucking game? By the way, I will read your curses out loud on the air. So, cover your children's ears, ladies and gentlemen. Who cares anymore? It's clear that you don't know what the hell they are doing and if anyone sends them money at this point, they are clearly idiots. Fuck highway, fuck Dutch, etc. Don't waste your time and energy talking about these clowns. Well, Brad, thank you for um your very poignant and 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 very um direct email. Now look I'll tell you why I talk about these guys, because I wouldn't have a show. I wouldn't have a show, man. If I didn't talk about the, the, the companies in this hobby that were flailing, that were struggling to get games out, I don't think it would be very interesting to talk about just the other companies that are shipping games, because here's why. Let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy right now on Canada's Pinball Podcast. All right, I'm going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. It feels like that's, if I were to do that, it would feel like that scene in Wayne's World where they're like, we're in Delaware right now. Hi, I'm in Delaware. Hi, I'm going to try and fill a half hour of Canada's Pinball Podcast talking about a pinball machine that's been out for a couple months that has no real code in it and people aren't really enjoying that much. I hope you enjoy this podcast. See, you know what I'm saying? Or I could say, hey guys, Highway Pinball shipped a guy his alien head. It's freaking broken. And what the hell is this company doing? You know? So it's like, I I, I have to cover them because most of the news is about these companies and their failure to launch and their failure to get their games out. And the, and most of the, Interesting conversation is happening around the consumers who have been, you know, dragged over the coals over the years. Look, there's a reason why. If you go to any major news site, is it all the good news or is it the stuff that's going wrong in the world that people are, are tuning into? And and maybe it's a little clickbait, maybe it's a little listen bait if I if I pick the more dramatic sides of the hobby, but look, I'm gonna cover it all. I'm gonna cover it all. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Um, hopefully you can stomach when I do start to cover some of the, the, uh, the companies that you say I should move on from. All right. I got an email from Michael Shalvis who said, and this email is long. Well, I'm not gonna read the whole thing. It's like, dear Chris or Canada, um, happy 200. I never had any interest in listening to your podcast until you won the trippy award. So for those of you who think the trippies don't matter, here we go. I got a new listener because I won the trippy. There were, this was nothing against you, since I never really knew who you were. I did hear you on straight down the middle and enjoyed your conversation with Zach and Greg, but I had, um, but I had listened to a couple podcasts from your competitors and found them rather boring. So I did not seek your podcast out. I also did not know your reputation on pinside. Uh, though I have owned at least one pinball machine since two thousand eight and during that time I knew about pinside, it was only this year I decided to become a member and follow some of the game threads all right well, well Michael, you know you'll you'll probably hear my name in not so positive context on pinside, but trust me, I'm not that bad all right he said he then said, then you got the award and decided and I decided to check you out and I was impressed I was surprised. Um, stalking you, but it does not make much of a search to find out. It must be years of marketing pitches that allows you to express yourself so well without making me feel like I'm listening to an AM talk radio show host filling airspace in the hopes that someone will call the show. I also enjoy listening to your insights, stories, and your opinions. And being a dog person, how could I not be a fan of Bubba? Right? Of course. Um, all right. So, of course, once I start listening to your podcast podcast. Um, cherry picking through the back catalog, I also went to look for infamous Canada posts on Pinside. After reading through some of them and the responses to them, I am not sure how you got banned for life. But the truth is, I much prefer your takes on the podcast than your comments on Pinside. I usually agree with everything you say, or at least I think you make legitimate points. Uh, let's see, I think you offer sound advice about playing a game before you buy it and making sure actually you have the income to afford it. All right. I want to see, okay. I find your comments about pinball marketing to be spot on. I have two questions for you. Okay. So Michael, thank you first of all, for all that. And I agree. I agree that I was a little troll bastard on pin side. And I definitely deserve to have my hands slapped from time to time. But you will never find anything. You will never find one thing on Pinside that warrants a lifetime ban on the site. I do find it amazing that the world's number one voted pinball podcast is banned for life on the world's number one pinball forum. And again, and again, Robin And Robin told me why. Robin told me why. There was a period. Remember when this podcast got really positive? He said to me that there was a female moderator, which was the main reason, or maybe it wasn't Robin or it was Tiger Law, but all I know is this. There was a female moderator on there who would not allow them to let me back on. She said that, letting me back on would cause too many problems. So whoever she is, I don't know who she is. We can go on a witch hunt, but she's the main reason why Canada's not on there, but I don't really care, whatever. All right. His two questions are this, how big is, pinball, is the pinball market? Is there data or studies out there about the size of the market? You talk about how relatively small the market is, and I'm sure you are right. All right. And he said, this leads to my second question. And I, and the one I'm most interest, interested in hearing your response. Um, Okay. So let me, let me tackle the first one first. So how big is the pinball market? Is there data and studies that show? Okay. So let me, let me put it this way. The only people that probably have the kind of data about how big the pinball market is, it's probably Stern Pinball and probably Jersey Jack. I would think those two companies would know. And I, and I, I'll tell you the data you need. Well, here's the thing. It's hard because you have data on how big is the pinball buyer's market, right? right? How many people actually buy pinball machines? Nobody knows that better than Stern, you know why? Because they sell like, they have like 92% of the market. Okay, from there, you have to ask the question, well, how many people are actually playing pinball? And I would say the people actually playing pinball is significantly larger than the people who buy pinball machines. I would say that current day, my estimation would be, that a very successful pinball buyers market, right? The amount of people out there in the world that will buy a game, is anywhere from five to seven thousand people. Okay, I think that's probably like the base you're looking you're, you're looking at. Maybe it's ten thousand people overall, but a great selling game will sell five to seven thousand units. Maybe um, is that growing? I don't know. Uh, in terms of the pinball players market, impossible. All the shows, all the bars, all the barcades. I would say the people who play pinball, probably maybe worldwide, I, it's, I struggle to guess this because there's so many casual players, but I would say you're looking at a few hundred thousand people that actually probably play pinball on an annual basis. Now, a few hundred thousand people, it's so tiny considering a billion ple- people play like video games two billion people probably play video games. So maybe pinball, even if pinball is like a million people out there play pinball on an annual basis, two billion people play arcade games and, and video games. All right, his next question was, how do you grow the pinball market? It seems to me that all of these companies entering the market are doing so with the belief that they will capture more of the existing market than their competitors. What I'm not hearing is how they hope to expand the market. I know that because barcades are popping up in cities. Here in Cleveland, there are a few. Um, There are also a few arcades, but depending on where you live in the area, you need to be willing to drive to them. Forgive me if you have touched on this in the past, but with 200 plus podcasts out there, it's hard to catch up. Anyway, I just wanted to ask you a couple questions. Okay, thank you so much, Mike Chalice, for emailing me these questions. Okay, so the second question is, how do you grow the pinball market? And here is the answer to that. You make great pinball games. Right, that is the only way to grow this market is to make amazing pinball machines. But you need to also make amazing pinball machines that aren't complex coded nightmares. You need to make games that are are able for casual people to jump on and have fun, but also hardcore people can like enjoy. Now, they're only two, to me, there's only two people in the world capable of making that happen? Lyman, Sheets, and Keith. Because here's the thing. I think they're the only two coders who actually understand how to make a pinball experience that is immediately satisfying to casual people, but also gives uh, hardcore people the depth they want in a game. And I think the other coders out there, I think they struggle to make the games immediately enjoyable. All right? Maybe some of them are... But again, like when you take the coder out of it, It's still the game itself. Like if you wanna grow pinball, you need to make pinball machines that are fun and based on things that people want. And that's why things like Star Wars, things like uh, Ghostbusters, things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know pick themes that have billions of fans and chances are you're more likely to get people to jump on that machine. Now, but I also wanna say this. Do I think there is a lot of growth left in this hobby? I don't, I I do not. I think the resurgence of barcades, I think it's peaked. I don't think it's growing. I think pinball tournaments are growing. I think more people are getting into tournaments of pinball, Uh, but I don't think we're gonna see more and more and more of, of this like explosion of 80s and 90s retro gaming happening in the world. Uh, I think what we're where we're at now I think is the peak. I think we're at the peak of this sort of heritage movement. I'm seeing it in other parts of marketing. You know, with Nintendo like re-releasing their retro systems and selling out. But here's the thing. Ultimately, pinball is still an old toy. There's no real way to make pinball new. And you know I was talking to Greg Colton about this my buddy Rare Hero and he said it perfectly he's like pinball's just old he's like when my friends come over and they see a brand new pinball machine they look at it and say wow like how old is that like you could look at a batman and still think it came from like 19 like 2001 like think about that. Would someone look at a video game from 17 years ago and think it just came out recently? But see, that's the thing with pinball. All pinball is old. It's an old It's an old device. We might be making new versions of it, but it's still an old thing. And because of that, I don't think there's any way to like truly like expand the pinball market other than making freaking awesome games. Um, you know, because young people are not into it. I, I, I love how like people like to think because their kids play or some kids go to shows that the youth of America will be into pinball. They will not. You, ha- you guys who, who haven't put on a VR headset, who don't play modern consoles, who don't understand mobile gaming, you don't get it. The 99% of the youth doesn't give a shit about pinball. They just don't. And so many of you, even with children, where are your kids' attentions? It's buried into their phones and into their iPads and into their computers. It's not like, oh man, like run home to play pinball. Like we all used to run home and play Nintendo and Sega and things like that, or used to run to the arcade when we were kids. I used to go to the arcade every like week, like multiple times to play games. These kids don't give a shit, all right? It's not like cars were like, you know, driving has billions of fans. Pinball's very small. Uh, but I think the best way to grow it is to make good games. All right. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. I, I I think, you know, you guys have been great with your feedback. I look forward to hearing more feedback. It's fun to read what you guys say on the show. It It is fun. And I'm going to get more of you as guests on the show. Uh, but I hope you guys all enjoy your weekends. There's no more football. There's no more football. It sucks. There's like nothing going on now other than me watching the weather channel to see if it's going to be above 40 degrees, which I think it is tomorrow morning, which means the demon will finally come out again. It's got 80 miles on it. I'm trying to break her in. She's an absolute beast. Absolute beast. I, I, For those of you who come to New York, if the weather's right and we want to hang out, I'll give you the option we can play pinball or we can go for a ride in the demon. And let me tell you, one is far more exciting than the other. Have a great weekend everyone. We'll talk to you soon.